This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Linda Baldwin. And we're broadcasting today from the mustard seed here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. For those of you that don't know, Linda's actually my mother. Yay! <laughs> I'm glad you cheer about that <laughs> instead of crying. That's a good sign. That is a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm excited with to have our last guest on this morning, Chris Motes. Thanks for joining us. Oh, so good to be with you, Heather. And so, tell the listeners a little bit about what it is you do. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a married layman, uh, married to Hannah. Ten years this year, four delightful children. We live in the diocese of Sioux Falls, and. Um, I am the director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, which is uh, the bishops of South Dakota. It's their public policy arm. It's the way in which they they choose to share the great truths of the faith, especially those truths that are really important to principles of justice and the ordering of social life together. I'm kind of their, their missionary to the public square, if you will, kind of sharing mm-hmm. the great truths surrounding the um, of life. Uh, the human family, the authentic family, a man and woman, fruitful love, religious freedom, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. Yeah. Uh, work I've been doing for four years and absolutely love it. Beautiful. And you do a great job at it too, Chris. Mm. And you keep us informed. You keep us very informed. So talking about today is the feast of St. Thomas More and John Fisher. What does that mean to you? Oh, my goodness. So I just <laughs> got really great memories. When I was in law school up at St. Thomas, we had the chance to take um, some a certain number of classes, if we wanted to, in other graduate departments at the, at the university. So I went to the Catholic Studies Department and took a class on St. Thomas More. It was taught by uh, Dr. John Boyle up there. And I just, in taking this class, it was the best class I took in law school. In this class, I just received a friend in Thomas mm. More. Just what a... I learned so much about this saint. He's a role model for me as a, a married layman in so many so many ways. Thomas, of course, was a married a married layman, a, a lawyer, um, a public servant, um, but a man of just deep, deep integrity. Yeah. So whenever you know things come up in my own life where it's like, oh my goodness, there's not like a playbook for how to make a good decision. Yeah. Um, in a certain circumstance, I just you know he's a real intercessor for me in that way. You know, Thomas helped me to be a man of integrity, to to do the right thing, to honor and follow God, um, and also to to seek the common good uh, in in what I'm doing too. So, um, wonderful, wonderful saint and uh, man of courage. Of course, Bishop John Fisher, a man of great courage too. You know, they really stood. Um, they were very. It was it was a pretty lonely. Uh, thing that they did. Um, yeah. Many of their contemporaries, both men of the church and laymen, um, kind of went along with uh, King Henry's um, plans to mm-hmm. subvert the meaning of marriage, um, to subvert the church's uh, proper autonomy and authority. But uh, Bishop Fisher and, and Thomas, they stayed strong, even even to the point of, of death. So what, a, what an encouraging thing. Um, you know, to encouraging people to look to uh, when when we need strength too in difficulties. Yeah, because I I could see how all of your friends are turning and doing what's quote unquote popular in their um, own family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what a yeah, struggle but, that must have been to stand firm. 
That's right. But, you know, part of, so they're both men of prayer, uh, first mm-hmm. and foremost. And this, this is where they, they drive their strength. They're men of great prayer. Um, Thomas, he, um, before he was married, he actually spent some time in, a, I want to say it was a Benedictine um, house, uh, monastery. Um, so it was a time of formation and prayer. I actually have a, a copy of, of his Psalter, uh, his book of Psalms that he prayed with every day, kind of his liturgy of the hours, if you will. Wow. And it's full of these, these marginalia notes, these little notes on the side. He was just sort of praying with these psalms. And at, 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 the, end of, at the end of his life, he's up in the tower. He's reflecting upon these penitential psalms, too. And he's just like, he at a certain point realizes, um, it's, well, it's at his trial. Uh, but he'd been in the tower, he's then tried, and following his trial, he realizes um, it's actually when... Um, Richard Rich, uh, the new Chancellor of Wales, um, commits perjury is when Thomas realizes, uh, I'm actually going to, this isn't going to end well, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. Then he realizes what his end will be, but he's just living a life of prayer, even up in the tower. But in addition, here's, here's where I'm going, in addition to this life of prayer that they're both living, they're both men of deep learning. They're committed to study. I actually had an opportunity to venerate uh, their relics a number of years ago. The relic of John Fisher that I had the chance to venerate was a ring of his. I'm not sure if it was his Episcopal ring or, or just another ring, but it had a little profile portrait on it of Aristotle, hmm. sort of this, uh, this Greek philosopher, right? And Thomas, too, was a proponent in, in the decades before he died, um, in his family life, he was a great proponent of humanistic learning. He sort of participated in this revival of the classics and classical learning um, during this time in, in England and Western Europe. He had a great correspondence with, uh, with scholars all over Europe, and he ensured that his children received a great education, too. He was um, kind of uh, out of the ordinary for his time, he, he, he made sure that his daughters even received uh, the best education. One of his daughters, Margaret, Margaret uh, is just a, a delightful, uh, incredible person. Um, she ended up marrying a man named um, w- William Roper, who wrote uh, one of the first biographies of Moore. But Margaret, as, a, as an adolescent girl, was so skilled in Latin that in conversing with a cardinal that her dad knew, the cardinal was just like blown away, like a girl that is this skilled in Latin that he ended up giving her like a um, a gold coin, or he gave her like essentially a prize. He was just so impressed mm. with with her learning. So, yeah, men of deep prayer, but also men of men of deep learning. Um, so, and why are um, I know these both of these saints are particularly special to lawyers? Can you make the connection there for us? <clears throat> Yeah, so Thomas, um, Thomas especially, you know, he, he, Thomas was a lawyer, um, and all lawyers love Thomas More. You don't even, you don't have to be mm-hmm. Catholic. Uh, about 20 years ago, English lawyers, English lawyers, so, you know, all different faiths or no faith at all, they voted Thomas the lawyer of the millennia, which is a, a high honor, right? Yeah, so Thomas was a lawyer. He, he had a great career in law, served as a judge, and then served as, 
the King's High Chancellor, which was kind of a combination between um, maybe like Supreme Court judge, attorney general, and uh, chief of staff, just like a, um, a high, the highest ranking uh, public official serving beneath the king. Mm-hmm. This was Thomas. Um, he, he, um, so he was a public servant. John Paul, during his pontificate, named Thomas the, the patron of lawyers and statesmen. So politicians get to claim him, too, but um, just his integrity in the practice of law is what inspires so many lawyers. Hmm, that's beautiful. Well, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Chris Motes this morning. He is the executive director of the Catholic Conference for South Dakota. We're talking about the beginning of Religious Freedom Week, which is today on the Feast of St. Thomas More and John Fisher. Um, And so we're just kind of talking a little bit about the life of St. Thomas More and why he's an inspiration to lawyers everywhere. Um, Chris, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about Religious Freedom Week, things that we need to be focusing on and contemplating, and um, what we can do this week to make it special. So we'll be right back with more Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. heartbeat. The world can change in a heartbeat. Life can change in a heartbeat. Life can end in a heartbeat. With every beat of my heart, another heart stops beating. The crushing reality? That heartbeat belongs to a baby. It has been purposefully silenced somewhere in this world, forever. While my heartbeat signifies life, It has also become the death knell by which I count the loss of babies all over the world, one for every beat of my heart. My heart can't take it. I have to speak life. Written by Alison Updahl. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. If you have lost anyone to a sudden or tragic death, you can still help them. Please visit our website, suicideandhope.com, and memorialize those that you love. There is no obligation or cost. You can simply enter their first name, initials, or a nickname, and I will personally pray for them and have a Mass said each month. Please, again, visit suicideandhope.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. 
And welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Linda Baldwin. And we're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're having a great conversation with Chris Motes, talking about Religious Freedom Week and the Feasts of St. Thomas More and John Fisher. So I wanted to take this second half, Chris, to kind of dive into Religious Freedom Week. Why is it important? What should we do? What are things to focus on? So Mm. wherever you'd want to begin... Well, golly, religious freedom, I think that, maybe let me just say right at the top, it's like, use it or lose it, folks. Um, mm. We, you know, when we think of freedom, we can think of freedom in, in a couple of different ways. One way in which we can think of it is freedom from, like freedom from coercion in, mm. in things religious, which is, you know, that's a principle that's highlighted in the in the Vatican II's uh, document on religious freedom, Dignitatis Humanae, short document, I encourage everybody you know, a, as you're continuing your your Catholic formation, that's got to be like, go read the document. It's, it's, it's easy to read, but it talks about freedom from coercion, which is really appropriate, right? Like the government, the state, or no, or no other person really gets to tell us how to worship, but that's not to say, Dignitatis Humanae goes on, it's not to say that truth doesn't exist, or we're just sort of relativistic about it all, but people need to be free to, um, to adhere to the truth uh, within their own conscience. You know, and the truth, it really, when we, when we come to know it, it, it's really captivating. It's something that, that, that really takes us, and, and we have to follow it, which is the second half. So we've got freedom from, but we also have to think about, like, freedom for. You know, okay, we're free from coercion, Okay, well, then what do we do? We're not being coerced. So we've actually got to, um, to act in a positive way. Freedom for, freedom for worship, freedom to evangelize, freedom to serve the poor. So it's, there's, within religious freedom, there's this idea that it's, it's for something, right? Mm-hmm. It's ordered towards these, uh, these goods, these goods of our faith. Um, maybe one thing to just, like, highlight, you know, as I... As I said, we like got to use it or lose it. It's um, it's under attack in some in some ways in the world today. That you know, I don't want to um, I don't want to overstate them, but we should actually be aware that there are some real dangers um, within society. You know, thank goodness people have maybe heard a little bit about a, a Supreme Court decision that just came out last week, uh, Fulton v. The, uh, versus the City of Philadelphia, a big religious freedom decision. And it kind of highlighted the ways in which there are some pressures on religious freedom uh, in, the, in the world today, especially for people um, that adhere to faiths, as we Catholics do, that recognize the age-old truth about marriage between a man and a woman. So in Fulton uh, versus the city of Philadelphia, um, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, Catholic Social Services there, had been engaged in foster care for quite a long time, had a very long-standing relationship with the city of Philadelphia. Um, however, Catholic Social Services would not place foster children in same-sex homes mm-hmm. for reasons that, that I think uh, we can understand as Catholics. We just believe that, that, that marriage, um, marriage is the lifelong, faithful, fruitful union between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. So the city of Philadelphia decided that it disagreed with this view of marriage, and so terminated its relationship with Catholic Social Services. 
um, the particular plaintiff in the, in the case, Sharon L. Fulton, she had been a, a foster mom um, through Catholic Social Services for hundreds of kids. And now mm-hmm. she's left without, kind of left holding the bags. They're not free to serve. Um, to kind of give you the short version, the Supreme Court uh, reached a good decision. They found on behalf of Catholic Social Services and Mrs. Fulton and said that what the the city of Philadelphia did was was wrong, was illegal. Um, but as you read, and it's a very, very long decision, uh, over 100 pages long, as you kind of read between the lines and explicit in some of the text, we kind of see that there's there's still a battle brewing. Hmm. Um, there's still um, some of our the, the long-standing 30 years old legal standard that we have from this um, Smith decision, it's called, um, it's on really thin ice, and so the the takeaway is that legally there's going to continue to be turmoil um, and tension in how religious freedom is treated in the law. The takeaway for us as Catholics is again we've got to use it or lose it. When this tension exists in charity, we have to just be firm about what we believe. We have to be committed to what we believe, mm-hmm. and we have to live what we believe. Um, and it could be in any, any number of ways. Um, you know, the adoption context is certainly uh, at the heart of this Fulton in Philadelphia decision. Uh, in South Dakota, we've got a great, great law on the books that safeguards uh, faith-based adoption providers. But, it, you know, it could be in other ways where religious freedom maybe comes into a bit of tension in the public square. It could be in the, in the field of, of public education, um, it, it could be, uh, you know, in, in other uh, aspects of social services, service to the poor. Um, it could be in, in how we evangelize uh, in the public square. So, Well, and I think the thing that we need to be aware of is that it isn't always um, in your face. Mm. Some of the things that yeah. are, it's just like a slow creeping that I feel like, you know, that are slowly being eaten away at, and so we have to continually be vigilant. That's right. Yeah, we, we have to be vigilant. It's, um, you know, I was just visiting with uh, a Catholic legislator in, this, in South Dakota this morning, and uh, the legislator was interested in my opinion, what I thought about the, um, the Federal Department of Education put out new guidance on Title IX uh, last week where it's kind of adopting uh, a legal standard that is, um, rejecting the given nature of, of men and women as, as just an aspect of reality coming from this Bostock legal decision that is founded on sort of a gender ideology. Mm. And I said, well, you know, I, I think there are exceptions within Title IX for, for religious schools, um, and we've got the Federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act. But one of the broader dangers um, is that it, it just sort of creates an environment in which we're formed through osmosis, without even really realizing it, hmm. you know, as these ideas, they, you know, it's almost like we're being formed more through YouTube, hmm. um, without necessarily even realizing that we're being formed. Mm-hmm. So you're right that we got to remain vigilant, and, um, and and maybe going back to Thomas More and, and Bishop John Fisher, just remain um, committed to prayer, prayer and study. Yeah. Yep. Well, and you have a show that airs in South Dakota. Um, Weekly, can you tell us what this week or monthly? What's this 
yeah, episode is actually, coming out tonight, right? Yeah, that's right. So tonight we're going to have an episode up. It is a weekly show. Um, it's it's on the South Dakota stations weekly, uh, Tuesday evenings at uh, 8 Central, 7 Mountain. It's called Faith in Politics. And uh, the tagline is, we range from the soul to the state as we, mm. we cultivate those virtues and explore those principles that we need that, that help us live well, help us live really well as, as faithful citizens. Tonight, um, my guest is Christopher Dotson, who's the executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. And we, Christopher kind of unpacks a bit of the history of religious freedom jurisprudence, of some of the case law, um, leading up to a really big... Um, decision in 1990, the Smith decision, and the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and then I, I give a little overview of the Fulton case also, but, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that it's, it's good to be informed on, it's good to know what the lay of the land is, and for listeners, too, that are outside of South Dakota, can't catch it live, or, you know, to do podcasts in the car, you can yep. pull up any of your podcast apps, and um, the easiest way to find it in your podcast app would be to search for South Dakota Catholic Conference. Okay. And it'll pop up. You'll see our logo. It's called Faith and Politics. And I'm uh, really grateful to Real Presence Radio um, for the encouragement to make it a weekly show. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been getting a lot of just really um, great feedback lately from, from priests, from legislators, from lay people that are tuning in and, yeah. and appreciate, appreciate the content. So, and grateful, for, again, for Real Presence for, for putting it out there weekly. Yeah, well, and I think it, it, you bring up so many important topics that we just don't spend time thinking about, and some of us don't want to think about it, and so we're grateful for you guiding us along the way so that we can be informed. So we're grateful to have you, Chris. No, thanks. It's uh, grateful to be here, and, and grateful to our, our great bishops, too, who uh, mm-hmm. are, you know, the, just had the wisdom and foresight to create the South Dakota Catholic Conference a few years ago, and just so... So engaged, you know, just mm-hmm. with pastors' hearts, wanting to share God's truth uh, yeah. in our in our state. Well, enjoy this special day of St. Thomas More. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, Chris, for joining us. All right, so folks, if you wanted to check out Faith and Politics, that's going to be on tonight at 8 p.m. Central on all of the South Dakota stations. And like Chris said, if you wanted to check out the podcast, you can always go to realpresenceradio.com. I know they also put it up on the diocesan website. But, you know, go back and listen to some of them. I mean, he's just really engaging, brings things down to a normal level. (laughs) (laughs) Challenges us, and I love that. I love that. And tells us the truth so we know what it is. Yeah, right? Sometimes it's hard to decipher on your own when they're speaking legalese. I have no idea what legalese. they're talking about. <laughs> and and they, they, can, they have a broader vision, you know, when I'm thinking, mm-hmm. Who cares? it's going it's to do what? You know, how, no, that's not what they said. Yeah. And they yeah. can see where it can rela- relate into other areas that we... I can't see yeah, being yeah. non-legalese at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, today is Tuesday, so that means we've got another great show lined up for tomorrow. We're going to head on up to Fargo. And Rachel, can you share with us what we have going on tomorrow? Yes. So coming up tomorrow on the next Real Presence Live, Jack Canelli and Dr. Ryan Sappo will be hosting from the Fargo studio. First, Father Kurt Gunwell will be talking about the Rural Life Celebration then Deacon Zach Shave Bauer and Deacon Mitchell McLaughlin will be sharing about the transitional diaconate ordination on June 5th. 
And then Deacon Bill White will be talking about a pilgrimage up to Black Elk Peak. So all of this and more coming up on the next Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 a.m. Central here on the Real Presence Radio Network. All right. Thanks, Rachel. You seem shocked, Mom, that we have such a good show tomorrow. Oh, no, it's so awesome. (laughs) Our our transitional deacons, yay, that'll be so good. I love those guys. (laughs) It's just fun to get to know them, you know, one at a time as as they come and hang out at the store and visit and you get to see them and it's just so and hear them fun. on the radio i love to hear their vocation story because sometimes yeah. we get interrupted here at the yeah. store yeah so to just have them for a whole half hour to share i love getting to know them and we're so blessed yes watching their ordination on on uh, youtube was fun too oh yeah. my gosh yeah so at the beginning of the show, we kind of talked about St. Thomas More a little bit and how um, we started as children under the stairs in Rapid City. <laughs> the Catholic school went through quite an adjustment. And um, I just, uh, there was a huge part of you, Mom, in that developing, and there were some core families. Yeah. And it, you know, it kind of brought me back when Father Hager was talking about it takes core families to make yeah. it happen. Yeah. And so us as lay people, we're called to do big things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's exciting. And you, and you just you just have to listen and and be brave. Be brave, you know, yeah. because it was really brave for the families to say, okay, with 121 kids, we're going to start a school, in you know, basement. in the basement at a college, yeah. you know, but it was, it was a very exciting, very exciting times, yeah. you know, yeah. and 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 how much we've changed our girls win the state basketball tournament all the time and and when Christine <laughs> what, was a are you sophomore we weren't any good <laughs> we we got beat by Pine Ridge 91 to 19 on my birthday and they sang happy birthday to me at the, at halftime in Lakota and it was it was just one of those that you'll ne- a memory I'll never forget you know yeah. our brand new baby school and and well, how exciting! How far we come! Crow. Yes, she was, she was awesome. She was amazing. She was someone to be contended with. And <laughs> God rest her soul. Yes, yes. What a <laughs> so beautiful show today, Mom. Thanks for joining me. I've yeah, I've enjoyed awesome. it. I know I know you had to get up extra early today. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome to have have you at the store. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. All right, folks, that is it for us this morning on Real Presence Live. More to come tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.